0: Good morning, everybody. This is Jeff Edwards. This is the KGOS-KERM Lawn and Garden program. Uh, I'm glad to be here with you. Um, yesterday was a really long day, and uh, I have Jerry Erschebeck in the studio with you today. Good morning, Jeff. Good to see you again. I see you have the coffee infused into your...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a
0: little bit of an IV. And then uh, on the, on the uh, phone with us today, we have oh, Donna you know, Hoffman, you know. who is the uh, horticulture specialist up in... Uh, Casper. Natrona County, that's what I was looking for, but in yeah. Casper, yes. Good morning, Donna. Good How are morning. you?
1: Good morning.
0: Glad you're back in Wyoming. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be here. So uh, we'll take a few moments and listen to our sponsors and be back in a bit. All right, we're back. This is Jeff Edwards. This is the KGOS KERM London <laughs> Garden Program with Jerry Urshebek and Donna Hoffman. And I think we have a full schedule today, if I can manage to stay awake. It's been a long couple of weeks for me. We've We've covered a lot of ground. We've seen a lot of things. Donna and I were actually in Fort Wayne, Indiana for five days? Yes. Six, six days? I, uh, I was
1: there a couple days longer, but yes. Yeah. yeah,
0: so uh, the things happened in, in Fort Wayne. It was a extension-related program that we went to, and um, uh, I don't know. I think we got some good information from all of that. And then my wife and my mother took off, and we went to... Uh, Ontario, Canada, and looked at the uh, flowers and things, and ended up in Niagara, and then drifted over into New York, and so were on you on the, the Canada side? Yes, of of the falls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, had never been there. It's kind of fun to. My my mom had been there, and uh, we had a good time.
2: Oh yeah, I think Niagara Falls, any of the natural wonders, are a good time. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Any of them. Uh, except the commercialization of stuff. You
2: have that <laughs> with the, with the production.
0: <laughs> Can't we just go see this? Yeah, no. no. Yeah, uh, no. We have to have some production. we we got to sell other stuff, too, and, and, and make it entertaining for all, right? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we uh, saw up there that I sent a photo to Jerry was uh, canna lilies. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I was telling him this morning that the... Uh, the versions that we were seeing were 8 and 9 feet tall. They were just absolutely Oh,
1: my gosh. They were
0: absolutely huge. <laughs> my aunt and
2: uncle that lived in Oklahoma had the, that very same thing. They, and I know that it, probably they didn't have to dig maybe, I, I but it gets cold there. It does. I don't know cold. if they would have to dig them. I, out I, I'll bet not. they do. I'll bet they do. But you said that they have 45 inches of rain, so right. man alive. Yes. My cousins and my aunt and uncle in Oklahoma, they didn't even dig them. Uh, they it didn't freeze. It didn't ever freeze. They didn't have to worry about it. But they it. did have to dig them up because they got so congested. And, and uh, once they get, do that, then they start having less blooms and lower, lower
0: elevation of their growth. Lower growth. So they are kind of self-limiting that way, right? Absolutely. You have a couple; they grow really big. You have mm-hmm. a whole bunch; they kind of dwarf each other. But I, I reported on my canna last week. No. No, no, (laughs) single
2: single i planted a whole (laughs) row and i planted them pretty i planted two rows uh and pretty thick and one came up i had i had told my neighbor that he had planted his upside down when he complained of them uh i don't know donna you had uh, some canna experience uh a little bit how did your canna's do
1: well i have been really thrilled with mine but um, the, f- the first one that blooms started blooming the last time I was on the radio with you all that later that day. Right, right. And um, it is now producing its second bloom. I didn't realize that they had a, a secondary bud on them. I just thought they had the main bud, and then they were done kind of like gladiolas. No, no. Um, so it's starting on its second bloom. Another one is starting on its second bloom. I have three that have bloomed so far out of the nine that I planted. I just discovered this morning that the eighth one has broken the surface of the ground and has two leaves on it, so I think I learned that you really need to plant the bigger of the bulbs that you have. yeah,
2: um, and way earlier, Donna.
1: Yes, yes. I I let it go because I was waiting to get some soil amendment done where where we planted them, and... um, (laughs) <laughs> you remember how wet and rainy spring was?
0: No, not at all.
1: Y- yeah, so <laughs> I I didn't really want to get out in a rainstorm to get them planted when I was home after a day at the office. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, I, I did learn that, as Jerry said, the sooner you get them in the ground, the sooner they'll sprout, and then those flowers will get going, and now I know there's a second round of bloom.
2: Nice. Yeah, and, and if you'll look and, and pay really close attention to them, you'll see hummingbirds coming to those.
1: Yes, uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So mm-hmm. uh, okay, so you've said that the eighth one is just breaking the soil surface. Now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: now, I'm I'm guessing that it has spent time growing, and uh, the the root mass has right has. So, your plan is to dig them again this fall and store them yeah, for the winter. Yeah.
1: So we have had a, a local citizen who grows them every year. They dig them and they save the ones they want, and they bring the master gardeners all of their excess. And so I managed to. Um, get a huh. few of those.
0: You stuffed them in ring. your pocket, didn't you, Donna?
1: Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I had my own little brown paper bag. Um, anyway, got them home and got them planted. But um, anyway, so I've never dug them before, but I'm really curious to see what they look like because I've seen the, the branching of the ones that, that come in here to the extension office. Uh, and I did break apart a couple of them when I, when I put them in the ground. And so I'm curious to see how much they've grown how and much how much grown. how much the bulbs have changed yeah. since they went in the ground. So, are
0: you planning on uh, dipping them into a bleach solution?
1: Well, that was something I had not heard that needed to be done. Yeah, and like a ten, ten case.
2: like a ten percent. And
0: okay. Some
1: people do,
2: some people don't. Um, just like the gladiolas, anything else that we dig, um, uh, a lot of people like to just try to clean them up
0: and prior to storage. Just just remember Jerry does and he only had a one percent germination rate okay, this year. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think maybe maybe,
2: maybe, maybe they they drowned. Maybe they rotted in the ground. I I don't
0: know. Yeah. Could huh. be. I don't know, but they're in places where they get a lot of rainfall. So who knows? Who knows? I well for, for
2: us and my
0: stash of
2: cannas, I we didn't do very well. But uh, I've seen other tubers that, man, they they look just spectacular. It's like a big sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you see a big sweet potato, and then you'll have growth coming off of that sweet potato or off of the that canna as mm-hmm. eyes and forming your large foliage. Uh, are yours red only?
1: They are, yeah.
2: You know, there's other colors. There's yellow. Mm. There's a thing called tropicana that's a kind of a fruit punch punch color-y, she-she thing, (laughs) Uh, spectacular. And then there's uh, an orange, which is called Wyoming.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So
2: they come in different colors.
1: The other thing I liked about them is I saw that there are different colors of the foliage. Oh, yeah. That bright kind of almost lime green color. I saw some in in, uh, Indiana that had a darker, um, more of a forest green foliage. And I also saw some that almost had black foliage. Hmm. Yeah,
0: and then there's a, d- a dark red, uh, oh, yeah. really deep dark red foliage, mm-hmm. which is the version that we were seeing on our oh, yeah. th- on our road trip. Uh, Donna, is there anything you'd like to share about the uh, tour that you took in Indiana?
1: Well, we've talked a little bit about gladiolas this morning, and one of the the main stops we had four stops on our professional improvement tour is um, one of the major gladiola cut flower growers in the U.S., and they actually grow their bulbs to a certain size in the Netherlands and then ship them back to the U.S. and plant them in the fields, grow them up uh, into cut flowers, and they have um, uh, immigrant workers who come and, and harvest the gladiolas truckload after truckload after truckload of them coming into this um, processing plant that they have. Then they have counters that count them into bundles of 7, um, 10, 12, and 15, and then bundle them up in larger bundles and and ship them all over the United States and into Canada for the cut flower industry. So they go into grocery stores, um, big box stores, as well as into the a wholesale floral trade, and then into our flower shops, and uh, very cool. Yeah, they had just fields and fields and fields of green stems, and of course, you know, to them, anything that blooms in their field is money lost, right? Because they want to get into the wholesale house or into the retail locations just as they're beginning to break color, because then the the consumer gets to enjoy all of the bloom, and if they bloom in the field that's money that they can't ship out and, and have come back in as income then. Right, so, um, then, so, so
0: they have to be dug as well, right? Yes, oh yeah. and
1: they they had, um, you know, the watermelon cantaloupe crates that we see in the grocery store mm-hmm. that filled on pallets. Mm-hmm. They had crates and crates and crates and crates of gladiola bulbs that they were just in the process of digging after the field is, is harvested and the cut flowers are sent off and they go back and, and dig those bulbs um, then they have a different plant area on their grounds where they, they take off the roots on the bottom of those bulbs and let them dry for 10 days. And then once they're dried, then they put them back in crates and store them in refrigeration until time to plant in the spring.
0: So they so they're, they're grown commercially in huh. Holland, right? Yeah. And to a certain, to the, till the bulbs are a certain size, they right, ship them yeah. to the U.S. And then how long do they keep those in production?
1: Um, several years, he said. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, some of them um, as few as five to seven years, and some of them more than ten years.
0: Th- and then that bulb the
1: will continue to produce flowers for them.
0: When they've timed out, do they then sell the bulbs?
1: They don't. They said there's a whole different industry that sells bulbs to the general public, and they actually grow based on flower color, of course, but sure. also on an attractive bulb. We got to see their bulbs, and their bulbs are huge.
0: And very they're, ugly.
1: They're not <laughs> very pretty to look at, yeah. And did they have
2: corns on the bottom of them, or do they, they take did those corns They have little babies,
1: and, th- and that's the ones that they, they, when they clean up the bulbs, they uh, harvest the strongest ones, and grade them, and that's the ones they ship to Holland
0: to regrow. to, owned, grown to up get into, started
1: into yeah. the the new bulbs that will go into production. Then, and they said the last year that they're going to use the bulbs, they just leave them in the ground, and it becomes organic matter in the soil. And then they they grow um, a, a traditional field crop: um, soybeans, corn, oats, something else on that field
0: Over the top of them
1: to rotate so that they don't transmit any disease from that decaying bulb sure. into future bulb crops.
0: Well, that's fascinating. Yeah, isn't yeah that so?
1: it really was. Yeah.
2: So around here, um, when we see the, the end, end stage of flowering, you can cut that stem off, dig your gladolia bulb, you remove the corns because, you know, we're, we're not in production of growing more or... Or, and and we put that uh, bulb in an area to dry, and then, like you said, then we refrigerate or put it down in the well shed or that sort of thing, or mm-hmm. a cool place, a temperature place, and, mm-hmm. and uh, pull it out next year and replant.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And, and so should we expect to have those bulbs for not more than 10 years?
1: Uh, yeah. I've never grown, I've not grown mine long enough to have tried that, to see if if the bulb kind of wears itself out.
2: Huh. Um, now I've not seen a bulb for ten years. Uh, my best is about three. There's a gentleman in town that grows, and uh, he's he's done rather well. But then he uh, says, "Yeah, I'm tired of those, and I'm getting fresh." So he'll he'll replenish his is gladolia bulbs so is it he's tired of it because he's looking for a new color i think so or a new variety or, or they start shortening or they okay. the, they don't produce like they used to huh
1: interesting yeah so now i'm gonna try something new this year i had a few of the little um bulbs off of last year's um Glads that i grew different color corns. than i grew this year the corms yeah and um I went ahead and planted some of the largest ones just to see what would happen and I kind of pulled a dumb one I should have known what I was doing when I did it and about 20 minutes later it occurred to me but I've been doing some weeding and saw these leaves coming up that looked really unusual pulled the leaves off and then went you dork! <laughs> that was those little tiny corms <laughs> that you stuck in the ground, and that's why they were strappy leaves. Donna,
0: you are a trained horticulturist.
1: I know. But it's I okay. We know.
0: all make mistakes. We
1: yeah, you know, if you're not killing plants, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think Donna, the, the
2: they, they they actually need that that chance to um, uh, winter. They uh-huh. w- what's that called? It's, uh to, to chill. To chill yeah, yeah to chill out for a while before you replant those
1: yeah, so I am gonna leave those those little ones in the ground because we put in a water feature and that water feature is going to have a heater in it this winter and well, it's just know. within a few inches of the front of our house so I don't know whether the crawl space will keep enough heat in it to keep the soil right around that uh, um, water feature warm enough to insulate them in the ground, but I'm, I'm going to try it. You're going to That's right. Yeah. Sure. So anyway, they did send up a second round of leaves, and I have left them growing, so there's been a little bit of photosynthesis going on, and hopefully those bulbs have gotten a little bit I've bigger. They've grown a little bit. Yeah.
2: Donna, I put marigolds around my tomatoes one year. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, they're Myrna's tomatoes, but mm-hmm. they were my marigolds, and I said, what happened to the marigolds? She says, where? I said, around the tomatoes. It was all around the tomatoes. Oh, I thought those were weeds. And so that was a good crop of marigolds. And, uh, (laughs) of course, marigolds with tomatoes. Marigolds are supposed to keep uh, bugs and and critters away from your tomatoes. So... um, uh, we did okay anyway I, I, I
0: think my mom's listening today and uh, she did the <laughs> same thing to me for in a bunch of oak seedlings that i had we actually talked about it this morning <laughs> <laughs> oops oops <Yeah. laughs> i was i was weeding for you <laughs> thank you uh, i have a i have a plant that i'd like to talk about i, I think i've talked about it in the pla- in the past it's called Lacey facilia Donna have you seen this one
1: I don't believe I have. So I'm it's have a, to just look it up.
0: It's an annual. It uh, has a really nice bluish purple flower on it. Uh, the ones that we have uh, that are blooming right now are about two feet tall. I'm going to guess. Um, but when it comes up, it's, uh, it's a very ferny looking type of leaf, and uh, the uh, the flower itself almost looks like what a poppy would look like when it comes out of the uh, out except uh, as it matures it the flowers open up like a hand it's really odd and then so the flowers will produce on those fingers so instead of having a ball and a regular traditional one blossom flower it's a whole bunch of little flowers on this hand it's a crazy looking plant but uh, the pollinators absolutely love it we were walking around looking out this morning and You know, the temperature dropped kind of quick last night, I think, and caught a bunch of the bumblebees out. And I probably counted a half a dozen bumblebees just in a really small area on like one or two flowers. So uh, it was kind of neat to see them there. And once it warmed up, they would move on. But Lacey Facilia, and it's P-H-A-C-E-L-L-I-A, I I think is how it's Nice fragrance to it as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't bend down and check the fragrance. Don't because know because of the bumblebees. Well, I'm not. I don't. I'm not necessarily a fragrance flower kind of guy because I have allergies. So. Oh no, yeah. Yeah, I kind of. So
2: what's funny is when they, people look, bend down and, and do a daylily, <laughs> that, that that pollen is all on their nose, and you go, "Okay, you're you're going to be sneezing later." Diane does that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, I think, uh, oh, go ahead. So,
2: uh, getting back to the gladolias, there's a young woman at the farmer's market that's selling gladolias. She raises them in a hoop house. Oh, okay. And they're just spectacular colors. She's selling them
0: as cut flowers. Yeah. That's awesome. And so,
2: of course, and the reason I'm bringing this back is because the the story Mm -hmm. is gladolias are my favorite flower because they make me feel glad all over.
0: Uh, Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a commercial. Oh, a little therapy <laughs> from Jerry this morning. Okay, so we're going to break for commercial, and we'll be back in just a bit. Okay, we're back. This is Jeff Edwards. This is the KGOS KERM Lawn and Garden Program with Jerry Hershbeck and Donna Hoffman. All right, Jerry, you're looking at your notes. What oh, yeah. Hey, Monday is the first day
2: of fall. Already? So yeah,
0: first day of autumn.
2: Where did September go? Where, <laughs> Where did <laughs> summer go? We, you know, and we didn't. We had spring, sort of, kinda, and then we had summer. <laughs> so boom boom. And and now I'm I'm fearing that here here generally, you know, Don Day was saying this morning we're not going to be in fear of frost, but above nine thousand feet we're going to have snow. Togedy passed ten inches. Wow. So you know, be beware of of your surroundings as you travel. So yeah.
0: Um, wow. Ten inches of snow yeah. already. Over but there. you know, last
2: we were talking about this off air, um, the 14th was our full moon, and that's when you said it dropped to 36 degrees.
0: 36 degrees was the report in our neck of the woods, and I don't know if it was the, exactly the 14th, but it was in one of the, the in a in three that day area. window in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, if we if we miss that September full moon frost window maybe we we, uh, we move on yeah we kind of get a stay and then we're kind of looking at that october time frame yeah Yeah.
2: indian summer-ish thing yes i like i like that that's the best
0: time yeah so um i think we're not supposed to be too warm this weekend and and uh, which is a pure sign of fall, right? Pure. Oth- other than those pictures you've been sending me of those woolly bear caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't have enough. So, uh, of course, my neighbor has been really very helpful.
2: Uh, if he finds bugs that, that uh, are odd or different or full-fledged, uh, My wife hasn't stepped on. Uh, I tried to to take him and. uh, Oh, that's uh, not full fledged. That's fully inflated. (laughs) 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 Spoon. And uh, so he brought me a a woolly bear bug. Woolly bear caterpillar. Woolly bear caterpillar. Yes. And he did not have an orange stripe on him. So that means, according to the Farmer's Almanac, that
0: maybe it's going to be a hard winter. So, oh, it's so, the width if of the if, orange band. So, if there's no orange band, it's hard winter. It's hard winter. What if you find a white one? Because I know there are white versions of them of too. Of the woolly bear? Yeah. Farmer's Almanac didn't address that. Oh, okay. All right. they, they said
2: orange band. And of course, this woolly bear woolly bear caterpillar did not have any any orange band. Uh, he also gave me a. Uh, I need help. It's this ceramic?
0: Cerambicid. Uh, Cerambicid. And uh, beetle, he beetle. And so, so that beetle. Uh, so this it, this is a rather large beetle. It's what yeah, three inches long? Almost, yeah. Uh, it's uh, gray, green, and black stripes. Yep. Uh, and um, so that uh, that beetle actually has a a regular name. I couldn't come up with it. I gave you that one instead, so that you had something to call it, and we know what it's. Yeah, yeah. And you said if you hold him down when he's alive, he squeaks. Right. He has. Um, I know my cat squeaks <laughs> when I hold him down. <laughs> maybe bite you, too. Yep. Uh, so they have—they um, can flex their abdomen in a way that uh, it rubs two parts together, and they'll actually squeak. So it, it you're not hurting them if you hold them down. It's just kind of a uh, response. Defense mechanism. Defense maybe. mechanism to, hey, let go of me, you know, that type of thing.
2: Yeah. So, so you know, a shout out to my neighbor for for giving me bugs to talk about, <laughs> and, oh, and then he also gave me a katydid, which is a, a kind of a large looking bug with, and it had translucent green wings.
0: Katydids are related to grasshoppers, right? Uh, so in the so they have two sets of wings. The outer wings are going to be green and leathery, and the inside wings are going to be a greenish clear membrane. So, yeah. That's kind of how they work. But they're they're cool, you know.
2: Again, I, I, since I've been with you, I've been more observant, and uh, of course, I talk uh, to stuff uh, to my neighbors and. Wait a and minute! They are,
0: have you said you are you saying you're, you've learned things? Oh yeah, once? I've become more observant, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
2: some of the people around me have become more observant. They go, "Hey, what's this? What the heck is that?" <laughs> and they go, hey, Jerry, ask Jeff. And I said, okay, I will. But, hey, a guy came into the office yesterday, and he was saying that he has this thing growing on his tree rows, or some of his trees in the tree rows, and they were a long viney thing, and they had a kind of a fragrant flower, and they had these spiky balls, seed balls. And you and know I what said, that was. And I was able to tell him. I said, that is cucumber vine. Yeah. Get rid of that crap. Yeah, it's
0: not good to have around. Yeah, so... I told him to clip it, uh-huh. pull it off. Make sure you get all those little, little spiny balls, things. Yeah, yeah.
2: And then paint
0: the rootstock with glyphosate. Actually, they're they're annuals. Oh, they are annuals. So you don't have to paint the... If you clip them... They should be gone. This time of year and you get all that stuff yanked out... And no sh- seed pods. And no seed pods that you should get them under control. Well, the glyphosate shouldn't hurt uh, the root. Shouldn't.
2: Shouldn't. So <laughs> I'll maybe call him and tell him to avoid the glyphosate. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, was, I was really impressed with myself that I'm like on. hey, I already know what this is. You need to come work for Extension, Jerry. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, because there's so much stuff that I don't know. Once you start learning a little bit, you understand what you don't know. Exactly.
0: Right. Yeah. Like pulling the leaves off of small blitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Donna Jeff Jeff walked you right into that one
1: Yeah 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 oh, I Well you, I think everybody makes mistakes and hopefully we learn from them That's right. You know,
0: I I look at gardening each year as a uh, kind of uh, as a Artistic endeavor, right? You go out your your gardens cleaned up. It's a new canvas You just start over you you didn't like what you did last year Hopefully you took a few notes think some things worked some didn't and you kind of start honing your gardening skill and and uh, if it worked, you'll probably do it again. If it didn't, you can pick different seed. You can do different things. And, and if your cabbage is all eaten up, you go.
2: I know what to do
0: about that next year. I should have maybe applied something or sooner.
2: Pick you know, them or off or yeah, right. Yeah, and the apples, the apple trees, gee whiz, You need to get after those real early. Yep. In order to to get away from uh, coddling moth. Yes. Uh, overcrowding overcrowding and even trimming that apple tree you know make sure it has a nice airy airy space in which to have all the limbs come up jerry
0: simonson used to say if a bird can fly through it it's trimmed it's just about yeah
2: just about right yeah
0: i need to do some trimming (laughs) as long as you're not rototilling them
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i've been known oh i took where i have that apple tree we had a dill plant a dill weed yes and so man it it was just the one solitary one and it just gave us seed seed seeds so i took it upon myself to do a johnny apple seed but a johnny
0: oh wait a minute did you share that with your neighbor no i did not
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i did not
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's just in that little spot, and I should have a bunch of dill next year. You should have plenty. Uh, Like I say, we never planted any, and it comes up in places that I've...
2: Well, I just help nature out, reseed and restock the dill weed seed and the dill weed population.
0: Uh, Lynn wandered through. I think we've had a call. Is that a question? Yeah,
2: we have a question here. When do you stop watering uh, pumpkins? And I'm going to say when it freezes. Um, the day before you weigh it. <laughs> with the day before yeah. You want to continue uh should should it happen to freeze before weigh off, and since we're talking about uh way off is October 5th at the Frontier Mart out there at, I'm sorry, the Frontier Shelter at the Goshen County Fairgrounds in conjunction with Yeehaw Days. So if you're out there buying stuff, come on around and look at our pumpkins, see what a giant pumpkin looks like. So Pumpkins are one of those kind of things that you're going to want to continue to water. If you're going to sever the pumpkin from the plant and display it, then there it is. If you're going to buy a pumpkin and hold it, hold it, hold it, you can actually, especially if you carve it, you can put it in the bathtub and put water in it and let it soak for a while and it'll rehydrate for you. Really? Yeah. And even in the cut surfaces, you can Vaseline the cut surfaces to keep water from... Uh, coming out into the atmosphere. So if your pumpkin looks all shrivelly, you can actually put him in the bathtub and rehydrate him. But if you're having the pumpkin as a growth, as as a giant pumpkin, you're going to want to continue watering. Uh, you want to terminate the the growth of the vine. Okay. So we don't have we don't need any more vine. What we need is growth to the pumpkin. You have two weeks and a couple of days. So I have kind of a funny story
0: about your rehydrating your pumpkins. Okay. We used to live in Texas. I think it was the 1st of October. Diane and I said, hey, let's go get some pumpkins and we'll carve them. We carved them early. In three days. No. No. They had turned to rotten mush. Oh, my. <laughs> well, now we're talking Texas. Yeah, that's right. We're talking Texas. We're talking heat, humidity. Disease.
2: <laughs> so, disease. So it, it rotted on you. Oh, yeah. It was nasty. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, let's pick this up and move it. And it was just a pile of goo. Donna, you haven't ever experienced that, have you?
1: Well, i I have not carved my pumpkins for a few years, so I've just got a variety of different pumpkins because there's so many different pumpkins on the market now. And I tend to leave them on the front porch until, you know, the fall season's done and over with. And so... Usually they've had a couple of freezes, so, yeah, I've, I've used the shovel to clean up my pumpkins.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it's, it's just kind of, yeah, it's better to Which leave them whole and maybe paint them in those environments, I think. I think it's the
1: reason that I ended up with so many pumpkins and squash and gourds in our new flower bed after we moved, because, because all of that goo went in the compost pile, and the compost didn't get hot enough to kill the seeds.
0: okay. Yeah, that's usually.
2: But there are you're you're right. There are just a tremendous amount of pumpkins, and you know people decorate with them. They can uh, drill a couple of holes in them and put marbles in. Uh, you can paint them. You don't have to carve them. You can paint them. Um, you can just draw a face on them, and you don't. And they last longer if you don't if you don't cut their flesh.
0: I've actually seen people cut open pumpkins and then plant mums in them. Oh, yeah. And I can't imagine how long that would last.
1: Hmm.
0: Like three days. <laughs> 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 no, I think they'd last a lot longer because mums,
2: moms we're just starting to see some mums starting to break bud and have some color.
0: Yeah, but mums aren't parasites, right? They're no, not well, feeding <laughs> off that pumpkin, <laughs> but there's got to be things in that soil that are that's going to start breaking it down. <laughs> so they won't put a pot in the pumpkin? They'll oh, just put the mum in the pumpkin? Okay, so maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe they put them in a pot. I don't know. I don't know. So,
2: you know, um, obviously, they, if a mum were to grow in a pumpkin, they'd just draw the moisture out of it.
0: Sure. Unless sure. you're watering. Well, well, you have to water them. Yeah. You know, some, and then that keeps your pumpkin okay, hydrated. Okay, maybe I'm just being a dork, and they probably <laughs> put them in a pot inside <laughs> the pumpkin, uh, which is known to happen. Um, okay, so we had another question. I think it's how often to treat apple trees for worms and moths and those types of things. Um uh, so uh, really what you need to do is about the time a little bit after the uh, the blossoms come off um,
1: uh, 80% s- blossom drop
0: yeah start looking at your apple trees and figuring out first off how concentrated or how many blossoms you have on that tree and um, and how thick the apples are going to be. Because if they're going to be touching, if the, if the apples, when they're mature, are going to be touching you, you will probably have worms. Uh, and we're talking coddling moth when we say worms on apples. Um, so uh, at that 80% blossom drop, and you know you have coddling moth issues, that's about the time to start using a product to try to control them. Uh, the other thing to do is go in and manually thin apples so that they aren't touching. I know that about when they're quarter size, it's really hard for somebody to walk into their apples and go, Oh, I've got a really good production this year, and then start taking every other one off the yeah, tree. You're <laughs> it. You're <laughs> it. Yeah. And and so uh, the other part of that is if you don't do it, the squirrels will. Yeah. Uh, so um, that that treatment is early on and if you get it timed right, should probably only be a one-time deal. Uh, but if there's if there's rain and other extenuating circumstances, you might have to treat it again.
2: And there's a product that you put on uh, like a red solo cup and then hang the red solo cup into your tree. It's a, a sticky substance that you paint onto the cup. It's called tanglefoot. Tanglefoot. And so it makes uh, some critters think that that red is an apple and or
0: the codling moth and it crawls on it and gets stuck so as an um there's also a pheromone trap that you can buy to hang in your trees that will attract the females oh yeah and excuse me will attract the males it probably attracts the females too um but uh Uh, they will get trapped in that because there's sticky stuff inside that pheromone trap, and then that will reduce the numbers that will be laying
2: eggs. So to trim an apple tree, you'd probably want to trim him probably now.
0: No. No? April. April. So what's on your apple trees right now? Leaves. Apples. Well, I don't. You don't have any apples? Oh, M- oh, God, they all fall off. <laughs> they all fell off. <laughs> they, they all had a worm on them.
2: And then I think the chipmunks, not the chipmunks, the squirrels, yeah. my, our jimmies, yeah. uh, they, they they helped themselves to them. And um, so I understand that one of our apple producers uh, south of Lingle, he's he's done. He doesn't have any more apples. Oh, really? Had a, had a good crop. Okay. Had a fair crop, but not a good crop. But, you know, now his apples are all gone. Okay. But, uh, I, yeah, I, all I have is leaves. Interesting. So, really, um, March. March. April March or so would be a good time to trim. To trim. And then really watch for, for how many blooms you have. Reduce your blooms. And then once you do have apples, reduce your apples. Yep. Because even a lot of those fruits, and even pears and peaches, they get so heavy that they'll pull their branches down and, actually tear them off right yeah. so we don't want that either correct although
0: if you haven't had apricots for years yeah <laughs> 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 my brother he was so <laughs> ecstatic to find that he had apricots did he get some canned
2: oh yeah he did okay good well actually he's making wine so uh oh so he he has a couple of of uh, gallons going and that sounds kind of good what a it? what a, a a pretty color that is
0: yeah mm-hmm uh, Donna, do you have anything on your list that you specifically wanted to talk about today?
1: Well, you guys were talking about planting things from seed this year. One of the things that I planted from seed, it's kind of one of those days I was home by myself and working in the garden and enjoying our new raised bed and stumbled across two packages of asparagus seed.
0: Oh, okay. What
1: did he bring those home for? <laughs> so, uh, well, we've been wanting asparagus, and the asparagus we planted from roots... Didn't come up. Let's see what happens with these. So I planted an eight-foot row of asparagus seed uh, about an inch and a half apart. Okay. They all came up. Nice. Yeah. So I have little asparagus plants. They're these one little stick kind of thing with all the little ferny stuff on it that asparagus gets later in its life after the part we eat. Anyway, uh, so the the label said... um, 724 days till mat- to maturity. Which is... Two years. <laughs> Two years. <laughs> Two years. So,
0: the, so in all reality, uh, you should probably wait three years yeah, before, yeah. get into that third year before you even think about harvesting it and then don't harvest really heavy.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I think next spring I'm going to have some asparagus plants to either spread around the garden and grow for another year, or donate them next year to the Master Gardener plant sale. Oh, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't even get one of the packages actually planted, so I still have <laughs> <laughs> several <laughs> that I could plant um, if we wanted to try round two on this little shindig. Well, it but was I was amazed at, at how vigorous, good the, the seed was. We yeah. had, I'm guessing, pretty close to a 100% germination rate. That's awesome. uh, And they're all coming up. They're cute little plants growing right underneath all the kale that I had right next to them.
0: (laughs) They were well taken care of. Yes, they're protected by the big, hardy plants. Is your kale still standing?
1: Yes. Okay, ours...
0: uh, Ours fell over, so I'm kind of wondering if I need to. Get, but it is like almost three feet tall, so. Oh I'm yes, ours is not that big. I'm kind of wondering if we need to uh, stake that next year. <laughs> <laughs> put a put a, oh, a wire, a wire rim around it. Right,
2: a cage. A cage. That's what's. Yeah. That's the word that's you were looking word.
0: for. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I have to tell a funny about myself on those asparagus. Myrna brought home some asparagus plants and. The directions kind of, and I kind of didn't read the directions. And and Myrna <laughs> says, you need to amend the soil deeply. And so I said, okay. So I had some manure there. I dug a hole. Then it was, it was almost like a grave. A three-foot hole. Three-foot hole. Six feet around. Si- it was <laughs> six feet long. <laughs> Myrna comes out she goes, what in the world are you doing? I said, well, I'm amending the soil. So I was putting manure and dirt, manure dirt, Merva, filling it back up. Uh-huh, soil. She says, Soil, <laughs> and she says, "You know, Jerry, it only like needed 12 inches." And I like go, "Oh my God, this is this is a grave for somebody." And thank God I didn't have a heart attack and die right here. Just just put some dirt on it. Put some soil on this so on this grave.
0: So the uh, asparagus that we planted at our place, I used a post hole digger for each one of the. Oh really? Uh, uh, well, when they came, you know, it, you just get right. root mass. Yeah. And so I finger just, knuckles. Yeah, exactly. I just. Uh, uh, dug a post hole, about eight inches deep. Didn't really worry about the fertilization because what you're supposed to do is drop them in there, lightly cover them with soil. So I still had a hole, and then a little the the root mass and a little bit of soil over it. And then as it started growing through it, then I started throwing more soil in on top of it, and that's when I started incorporating some fertilizer oh yeah. in with it too. So. I didn't incorporate deeply, but I incorporated (laughs) it as they were growing. Um, And the other thing that was nice about that is that that hole, I was able to fill them up with water, and I know that the water's going right where it needed to go. Yep. Yep. Yeah, worked out really well.
2: I think that that if you bury a 5-gallon bucket, I'm going to try this on some of my things next year, uh, especially if I do a a giant cabbage. Um, To bury a 5-gallon bucket, put a few holes just small holes, like a, a little nail hole, or two or three, and fill that bucket up weekly, and keep that soil nice and moist. So there's, it has constant moisture. There's a
0: gardening technique that that uh, that it done. Are you? Uh, oh, do you know the name of that? That's uh, where they use the terracotta.
1: Pop?
0: Oh. And they they collect rainwater. I don't know if they collect yeah, rainwater, well, but they can fill them up, and then it, it'll continue to water. But there is a specific name for that type of gardening.
1: Yes, Carol talked about it at our spring conference. It starts with an E. Yeah. Um, so anyway,
0: what what you're thinking um, about doing has already been thought has about. Has been it. done for thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how um, that works.
1: <laughs> however, I would suggest instead of using a nail on the five-gallon plastic bucket, a use it. a drill because the plastic they make, it's out of can shatter Oh yeah the drill bit probably won't make it shatter But a nail might
2: Right So just we a ha- small hole Or s- yeah. th- several small holes probably Yeah
1: We actually went to the research station At um, Of course now it's going to vaporize For my brain Well, we are Montana all, we,
0: we are all kind of about that same age Where Man. we c- have to complete each other's sentences it. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: Not Butte, Montana, but um, anyway, up in Montana, it's it's a USDA research station, and um, they were growing the seedling trees with a four-inch piece of PVC pipe with a cap on the bottom of it with holes drilled in it at various levels in the pipe. So you fill the pipe with water, and it seeps out into the root ball of the tree. And how
0: often were they watering them that way?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure a couple times a week. Okay. Um, anyway, they took a, a water truck around yep. with a hose on it and filled all those, um, con- tubes with with water to encourage those seedling trees to have a, a deeper root system.
0: So after they were seedlings, would they move the tubes or just stop watering
1: them? Well, I, I didn't go back to see their research, but we implemented it here at the extension office with some uh, bur oak trees mm-hmm. and I've been contemplating figuring out how to excavate those pipes from the ground because I'm sure there's root system grown around them
0: or through them and
1: it's it well that can into be too. yeah
0: um,
1: but it's a smooth surface and of course that cap at the bottom creates a ledge that has soil on top of it oh yeah and it's it's slippery so Unless we dig it out, I don't know how
0: I we think would get I, them out. I think, I think, you're think just they're gonna just going to be leave them behind.
1: Permanent installation there, <laughs> and or
2: take a pipe wrench, spin them, and try to lift them at the same time. Or like a vice grip, yeah, or vice grip. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how big the pipe is. Well, it's a four-inch four inch pipe, pipe
1: that's three foot long.
2: Oh yeah, big pipe wrench. Um, yeah, yeah i, I don't
0: drill know. a couple I don't of, drill a couple of that big I'm holes up for that in the th- top of it and then get a
1: tractor use in there a tractor and, pull and out. lift it yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> the only thing i'm worried about is that lip on the bottom of you know the cap
2: see eh, cap right on out.
1: the end of it
0: it'll pull right out
2: or pull or the cap will be be on the bottom of, <laughs> yeah
1: anyway so i've kind of wondered about that myself but um anyway we found that it's a really good way to help getting the, the young trees established. I don't know that it's, it's necessarily a beneficial thing Once for they're mature. a mature tree.
0: So uh, we just have a few more minutes. Um, Jerry, did you... I think you covered the pumpkin contest I did, stuff, but I
2: didn't talk about the web. The web worms. A friend of mine gave me a couple of pictures of web worms. I showed that to you. Right. Uh, they
0: cut the limb off. So we're talking about the the
1: uh, tent caterpillars. Tent caterpillars. That's what and they are.
0: Man, alive!
2: It looks like a giant
0: spider. Just
2: or three or four or five of them invaded this. But it, I showed the picture to Jeff, and he goes, "Oh no,
0: these are." These are, these are caterpillars. Dead caterpillars. I, tent. 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 Yeah, tent caterpillars. I, I, I misspoke. I tent. I was, Donna finished my sentence for me. I couldn't come up with the right term. So, yeah, um, uh, they these will show up in variety of different tree types. Uh, my mom gets them in her apple trees. Uh, it could be in fruit trees. It could be in other uh, deciduous type trees. Uh, so. Uh, the best thing, easiest thing for them is, A, ignore them, or cut them out and destroy them. Uh, that picture that you showed, the larvae were still alive, so those caterpillars can still mature and develop into adults and then lay eggs the following year. So yeah. you're just kind of perpetuating the cycle if you just cut them down and don't do anything with them. So you got to either just dist- uh, put them in...
2: Uh, storage or freeze ch- them, yeah. Burn them, shred them.
0: Yep, yep. So Chim- any fruit,
1: chimonia, guys, chimonia, chimonia,
0: chimaria. <laughs> Isn't it chimaria or chimonia?
1: Chimonia. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, that's what we've always said. Yeah, or you Chim- know, chim-ma-nia, bur-
1: chim-ma-nia. Burn barrel. <laughs> <laughs> burn so barrel. We'll when you said that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I saw uh, on the
2: internet something about uh, you know the kids today have lyrics. Right. Uh, in our days, we would just sing the wrong words until somebody made fun of us. Right. I oh. and, and
0: and immediately, Chris and I went to the same song together. So, a <laughs> <laughs> little Mary Poppins just jumped oh, into okay. our brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Continuing
1: on with lawn and garden. Yeah. So I did look up the the watering containers. The oh yeah. That you bury in the ground. It doesn't start with an E. My memory is even lagging to, the, to that. But That's it's okay, but you, f- you found Oya. the right thing. Oya. O-Y-A. Yeah.
0: O-Y-A. And it's been done for thousands of years, yes. right? Yes, yes. Right? Yeah. So they'll bring a terracotta pot in with a lid next to their crop, fill it up with water, put the lid back on, and then check it every once in a while and add more water to it.
2: O-Y-A. O-Y-A. I think that's a great idea. I've seen the the five-gallon buckets on a stand with a little spigot on the bottom that you put manure into the bucket, and then you make manure tea, and then it's a fertilization system. Uh, Not to be, I I would guess, not to be fed constantly by that, but just as a supplement. Every
0: once in a while. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Okay, Uh, Chris's clock says 9 o'clock. So uh, God! So there is a lot of people out there waiting for other things, and they want us to just get off here. But we appreciate those folks that listen to us today. Donna, thank you for your time. Yes.
1: Uh, thanks for the calls in this summer. It's been fun. Yeah, we're
0: we're kind of wrapping up the season, so we will uh, have you play with us again next year. And, and and it's a sad
2: sad state of affairs for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only have one more show
0: to do, and. Then we're done for the season. Done for the season, but we will be back. Unfortunately, for well, those who I don't think our contract <laughs> was re- reissued. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you. We will see you next week.